Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We're coming to you again today from Cannes. If you heard yesterday's episode, you'll know it was all about MIP formats, which has been taking place here over the weekend. The prestigious International Format Awards were handed out at Club C21 last night in association with MIP Formats, Frapper and Entertainment Masterclass. Congratulations to all the winners and you can find all their details on our website. But also taking place Saturday and Sunday was MIPDOC, the pre-MIP TV strand dedicated to the documentary space. And C21 International Editor Richard Middleton caught up with National Geographic Senior Vice President of Global Programming and Acquisitions Jules Oldroyd at the event. We'll be hearing from her a little later on. Can series is also underway, running in parallel to MIP TV, and earlier today I spoke with Baran Boadar, president of the jury that will make its selection from the 10 series in competition here this week. Odar is the director and co-creator, together with his wife Yante Fries, of Dark, Netflix's first original German drama, which is just wrapping up on its second season, and I asked him to tell me about the journey he's been on with his first scripted series. In personal life, I, I, I love to laugh and make jokes, and I'm very sarcastic, and uh, I like funny things, totally. Um, but I'm really interested in, yeah, in the, in the, inter- like in the dark psychology of human beings. And, and so I would never do a light comedy. I would never do a romantic comedy. I think I'm the total wrong guy for that. Uh, maybe if some children will be killed in a romantic comedy, then I'm your guy. But um, yeah, I, I, I like dark stuff. Like, um, and my wife too, she, she's the smart one. And she reads a lot Schopenhauer and all these um, theories and, and, and um, also a lot of science and quantum physics stuff that is even darker than any human psychology can be. Dark was always the title, apparently, for, <coughs> I've yeah. read for, for the series that you came up with together. So um, how long was that idea in gestation yeah um it was actually we had that idea for a longer time but it was actually two ideas um the title was always there that's that's really the first thing that always comes up for us like it helps us to understand the tone and the world of it so we need really a title like like if you create a band you need a a band name soon so you understand where where the direction is going um and we had we developed a crime show f- for the UK market, which was very typical crime story, a small town, things are happening and all the people are involved in that kind of a story thing. And then we had a time travel movie trilogy idea, a lot of action in it and stuff like that. And, but two old ideas, nothing happened to it. And when Netflix asked us if we have any ideas, we basically just open our drawers and, and put out old ideas and I truly believe that creativity always uh, is defined through combining at least two things. So we just combined these things and all of a sudden uh, a small town where something weird is happening and time travel, uh, it just blew our mind for the possibilities we would have to tell a story and and, and then that's, the, that's how dark happened. Television doesn't 
isn't generally thought of as a sort of a, a director's medium, I suppose, yeah. whereas film very much is. So um, tell us a little bit about the differences between working in the two. I think we grew through season one into the shoes of showrunners. We didn't know what that was. Um, and um, it is actually, yeah, show series are all about the writer, uh, which I think is a great thing because a writer is creating a world and um, inventing characters in the first place. And the movies are very driven by directors and the plot and, and yeah, all that stuff. And it just happened that I directed all episodes on Dark, but I, we, I, we always felt more like showrunners. We were the producers on the show. We created the show. We developed the show together. Um, we wrote the outlines together. My wife then took over and wrote all episodes with the writer's room and I, decided to direct all episodes because it is such a complex, weird show that we felt um, if you give that to different directors, it's going to be really tricky afterwards to put it together. Actually, after the success of season one of Dark, um, we had a lot of pressure, to be honest, um, because there were a lot of theories out there uh, in, in the internet and we actually read everything uh, and we got obsessed with it. Uh, because we felt like, oh, this is interesting, and this is interesting, and maybe we use this, this is great. Uh, and we literally went into writer's block, because we, we, when we started using others' ideas and trying to please everyone, we felt we, we, it, was, it was really shitty scripts. Like, and then we threw everything away again and said, like, okay, let's just pretend no one watched Dark. What is the story we want to tell? Uh, and I think we came up with something really interesting because we didn't just want to, to create another season that just feels like season one. It, 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 it is, uh, it's the summer season, for example. Uh, it's way bright, there's a lot of sunshine. And visually, it already feels different uh, because we also wanted to surprise ourselves. Um, and story-wise, uh, I think it is, um, we're very proud of season two. Uh, it's still up to the audience if they like it. We really like it a lot. Um, it's way more sophisticated, I think, uh, and it plays with really interesting ideas of quantum physics and stuff like that. Um, so we're, yeah, we're very curious what the people will say, but at least we're proud, so we pleased ourselves. <laughs> Um, you can't talk, obviously, about life beyond necessarily a season two, which you've, you've, you're completing at the moment, but um, Three seasons does seem to be the new norm uh, in the television business, largely driven by Netflix, it seems. Is that your uh, experience or is that how you see things? When we, when we started Dark, um, we always had stories for three seasons in mind, but we didn't know if it will be succeed. So we literally just felt like we will do one season and then we will be kicked out of the business again uh, because we truly believed, my wife and I, we truly believed Season one will not be a success because it is a really dark, complex, weird show from Germany in German language. Uh, no one is laughing. It's really, I don't know, it's almost depressing. Um, but it was a success and all of a sudden we realized, oh, okay, now we have to keep going. And um, so we spread out the story on three seasons uh, because I think there's always a mistake with mystery stories. If you just keep going and going, I think you have to get to an end, sort of. So we felt like we, if this is a success, it will be three seasons. 
uh, and then we have to close the story um, and we don't want to end up like other shows where you're in the seventh season and and I don't know you already get bored of the mysterious formula and you keep going and by raising questions and not giving answers I think as I said this is really a mistake so that is our goal. I think it's the new thing because um, three seasons is the new thing because there's so much content out there now and um, everything has to go so fast and the fans are like curious and waiting for the next season. When they binge watch the season and they're finished, they feel like, oh, I want to watch the second season in a month. But they don't get that it takes effort and time and, and it's a lot of work to do it. You have to write it, you have to prep it, you have to shoot it, you have to post-product uh, it, and then you have to do the marketing and then you release it. And nowadays the turnarounds are like just 12 months and it used to be three years sometimes back then. Uh, so it's, I think that's why it's the, this is the new thing where you just focus all your energy on three seasons and then after that you go to a hospital or therapy or I don't know. Um, um, so I, uh, I think that's why that's the new thing. Baron Boodar talking to me a little earlier on. The full video version of that interview will be available soon as a C21 TV show on our site, so look out for that. But also here in Cannes over the weekend, C21 international editor Richard Middleton spoke with National Geographic Senior Vice President of Global Programming and Acquisitions Jules Oldroyd at MIPDOC. He started off asking her how the channel, now part of Disney, has shifted strategy in the past few years, delving into scripted. Two years ago, we really embarked on a, on a, a radically uh, different programming strategy, which is all about being, the goal is to be the world's leading destination for premium factual storytelling. And I think two genres that have really helped change perception uh, for viewers and kind of talent and critics has been drama and feature docs. And I think drama in particular, we've, we've had a lot of not only viewing success, but also critical buzz and awards. So Genius, uh, Picasso and Genius Einstein in, in particular have been important in, in that way. And I think the next drama that is, is coming up is The Hot Zone, which we hope will be a really big summer blockbuster starring Juliana Margulies. But I think following on from that, we, we announced recently Genius Aretha Franklin, which is going to be the next iteration in the Genius Anthology, which is, is exciting. And then um, we're also working on The Right Stuff with Leonardo DiCaprio companies, Appian Way and, and Barkskins. So, you know, there's a, there's a solid pipeline there. And then Feature Docs, I mean, we're all very thrilled at the channel about the success of Free Solo. Not only, you know, um, it's an incredible film, but won awards, uh, done well at the box office, and then also done well, not only on linear, but incredible success on, on sort of digital and, and, and iTunes. And we're working, we're continuing to work with some great filmmakers, Kevin MacDonald, uh, Liz Garbus, Ron Howard, and then we've got The Cave coming up in the autumn from Ferras Fayad, um, who directed Last Men in Aleppo. So that's sort of drama and feature docs, and then I think we've got some very, we're doing some exciting things 
means we're working with Gordon Ramsay on a new series, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, which will um, launch in the summer. We have Celebrity Brain Games coming back in the autumn. And I think what I think those two sort of series will do is really help with our goal of broadening our viewer appeal, hopefully grow audiences to the sort of to the nation, national geographic. So those are sort of really exciting areas. And then we're also continuing to, you know, we need returning franchises and we need specials. And I think I would highlight <laughs> Apollo missions to the to the moon as being a, a really fantastic two-hour doc that's coming up in July and is the centerpiece of our space week. So it's constant, there's some incredibly exciting sort of programs coming up on the channel. And for producers who are sort of looking at you guys as potential commissioner, what would be sort of the, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you'd give them, maybe perhaps how best way to pitch or best way to get through? I mean, I think we have the development teams in, in London, New York and Washington. So you can either go directly to the development teams, but also I work and the acquisitions team that I work with also works very closely with those development teams. But we're also the, you know, the acquisitions team can help with co-production financing. Um, and we also work with a lot of distributors. So there's a, there's a d- number of different ways to come in to National Geographic. But I would say some of the things, some of the goals with, I think, our content, whether it's premium or whether it's other factual, is entertainment with purpose is kind of you know I would say right at the top global appeal because we're a global network returnability scale but also the ability for that content to play on a lot of different platforms because the more ways that there are for viewers and consumers to engage uh, with our content is incredibly important. It's an interesting time for Factual it's doing very well internationally I mean everywhere seems you know everyone's interested in factual content and and documentaries especially doing very well. Partly driven perhaps by Netflix. Uh, how are they impacting your business or are they impacting your business? I think, I think they impact it in that, you know, to be quite honest, there is um, a fight for working with the best talent. We want to work with the best talent. And I think, you know, Netflix have, have kind of shown that, you know, they're often willing to pay a lot of money. And so really it's, it's kind of we want to work with the best creative talent, both whether that's the production companies or talent in front of the screen. And so that's where it's kind of really kind of important. And, you know, working with the best storytellers is is critically important to the future of our business. When you're talking about nearly half a billion followers on social media, when you're talking about nearly half a billion households globally that watch National Geographic, so you just look at the scale of what National Geographic and what we stand for. We're a brand that's incredibly trusted. Um, we've been around for a while, and I think I think what we've done in the last two years is create a lot of men- momentum where you know, talent producers want to work with us. And I would say we're a good company to partner with. And I think now with Disney being our new owners, the kind of opportunities, I would hope, would only kind of increase. Two quick questions, if I may. Um, in terms of rights, just give us a sort of breakdown on what kind of rights you want. Can you be flexible um, or not? 
I mean, it's always kind of when we are fully commissioning, we want to hold on to all rights. That's incredibly important. But it really, it depends on the model and, and ultimately it depends on what we're prepared to pay and what we think those rights are worth. But if we fully believe in a, in a project and we kind of want, you know, want it, we clearly will want the ability to uh, fully own that content and be able to kind of show it on any platform that we kind of want. And last question, you mentioned Disney Plus there. It sounds like a really interesting sort of uh, proposition, and obviously you guys were involved in that quite heavily. It seems at this, I mean, it's an early stage, but it's very yeah. Tell I us th- what you can about I, it and, and how Nat Geo will fit into it because it's I, obviously a family-focused sort of. Yeah, platform. I mean, I can't really uh, you know s- say much at this stage, but I think you know clearly we're one of the key brands within the D- Disney Plus, and I think you know we will be providing content, and so you know this is an exciting kind of opportunity for us but I think there'll be more kind of announcements in sort of due course but I think it's a really exciting next stage kind of for National Geographic. Jules Oldroyd from National Geographic speaking to C21's Richard Middleton at MIPDOC here in Cannes. That's all we have time for in this episode but there'll be more from us tomorrow in the first full day at MIPTV and in the meantime stay up to date with all the latest news coming out of Cannes and elsewhere in the international TV business by following C21 online on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening.